The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Caster. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. The term permaculture was first coined by Bill Mollison in the 1970s. Bill defined permaculture as the conscious design and maintenance of agriculturally productive systems which have the diversity, stability, and resilience of natural ecosystems. So while permaculture can be understood as the growth of agricultural ecosystems in a self-sufficient and sustainable way, this form of agriculture draws inspiration from nature to develop synergetic farming systems based on crop diversity, resilience, natural productivity, and sustainability. There's a set of principles that go behind permaculture. What if we applied these principles of permaculture to all of life? How could we use design to upgrade our lives and the world around us? That's what today's guest is all about. He runs the Visionary Permaculture Program at COSM, the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors in New York. He's a Diploma Program Coordinator for the Permaculture Institute in the United States, as well as a Diploma Tutor through the Permaculture Association of the UK. Today's guest is Delvin Sulkinson. Delvin has spent much of the last 20 years traveling the planet, learning from permaculture pioneers over the course of three diplomas, a master's and doctorate in permaculture education, including 13 teacher trainings and 13 advanced courses. We talk about so much in this episode, like methods to help maintain systems to guide us towards a future that's based on regenerative resources of caring rather than degenerative resources that are harming the ecosystem and each other. So join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Delvin Silkinson. Enjoy. Delvin, thank you so much for joining me on Into the Deep. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. That's a great honor to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So for those tuning in and listening and watching this podcast, could you share with us who you are and what it is you do. Thank you. My name's Delvin Sulkinson. I'm from a little village off the coast of British Columbia, Canada. For the last three years, I've been living and working at Cosm Chapel of Sacred Mirrors with artists Alex Gray and Alison Gray, uh, working on a visionary permaculture program. I'm uh, a lifelong learner. I've been doing all sorts of education for the first 47 years of my life and currently doing a postdoc in permaculture education. So I've spent a lot of time in Australia and in the UK and over in North America, taking permaculture courses and teacher trainings and studying with many permaculture pioneers and working with my wife, Grace, 
to condense a lot of the teachings of these pioneers into accessible forms like cards, book, articles, and videos. So my mandate is to help share the message of permaculture and uh, support permaculture to be adapted to the unique circumstances of each individual and of this ever-changing time. Absolutely. I love that. You know, reaching out to you and wanting you to do this, I just feel it's so important for folks to really under have a good grasp and understanding of what it is that permaculture represents um, because it's so much more. Um, could you share with us uh, you, your thoughts on that? It's kind of a tradition with different permaculture people to def- give their own definition because mm-hmm. permaculture can be defined in many different ways. Essentially, well, I'll give you my definition, I think, just from today, because my definition changes, but I wrote this before the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really a design toolkit of guiding principles, strategies, techniques, and ethics that are sourced from traditional peoples and societies of the earth, as well as modern scientists. And it's really what they have learned from nature about how to care, about how to care for the earth, about how to care for each other, and about how to care for our collective future. So although the definitions of permaculture vary widely, they're all essentially an application of caring. Hmm. I love that. You know, at the root of everything, right? That caring, you know, and how the effect that we have on something or someone is in essence directly going to affect us. You know, the big picture, right? Exactly. I love that. So can we go into some details with, you know, maybe some some of the I know you're teaching some courses and you have, like you said, the cards and things like that. So what could folks maybe learn about permaculture from what you're doing right now? Well, one of the base lines of permaculture is observation of nature. And the idea is just if you go out into a natural system. Ideally, if you can create an opportunity to be in an ancient growth system, one of the national parks, you know, or the nearest one to you. Uh, you can observe patterns and see that nature is, it's made out of patterns. It's made out of language. It's like a code language. And from seeing how nature is evolved and how it is designed, we can glean ideas for how we can design anything in the con, you know, in our own lives, um, lives, landscapes, and livelihoods, you know, anywhere and see how is nature designed and how can we use the lessons of nature's design system and receive the message of nature to totally make changes that are appropriate and effective, you know, in our own lives. So permaculture can fast track that process a little bit. You Mm -hmm. can just go on your own and find the principles of nature it's like an operating system. Sometimes I call it OS Gaia 2022, you know, because it's changing and evolving. And you can learn that operating system through observation. Or you can look at this clearinghouse of permaculture that's gathered all this wisdom from traditional peoples that have been living in communion with nature for tens of thousands of years. And, you know, all the modern eco science and sort of fast track your learning and gain these principles or strategies or processes that you can apply to your decisions. And the idea is to 
first create a more caring culture within yourself and around you, and then to do work outwards into your community and, you know, first care yourself and by doing create models that inspire other people and just being a model yourself to inspire other people to be more caring and lead more caring lives in relation to the decisions that are totally being made and what's being designed. I love that. And what got you on this journey where you were able to, I guess, take that empathy that you have within yourself and that compassion piece and then apply that in the way that you're doing now? Nature, you know, certainly (laughs) journeys with plants, Mm. I think was very transformative. And that's one way to, you know, receive this direct transmission with nature is to have a close relationship with plants or animals, you know, or each other, because we're all part of nature. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think having that experience of awe and reverence for the world and being lit up by the realization that there's work to be done Mm. and that there's a situation in which we can help. And uh, I was inspired by many teachers and books that I read. Uh, Terrence McKenna was definitely a really big influence. And uh, synchronicity led me to Tasmania to study extensively with Bill Mollison, the originator of permaculture, who I did a master's with. And just synchronicity, I think, that came from nature guided me to learn and be influenced by some really amazing teachers and realized that I was a lineage bearer, just like people have been for endless generations, helping to carry this message of how to be loving and how to care for the world, you know, in, and how to apply it in this unique context of where we are now. Yeah. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. What was, what was that? That oh, absolutely. I, what was that catalyst? That point where you realized that something needed to change in the environment or within either yourself or your circle, your community. Like, could you elaborate on some of those early moments where you saw the signs and then the synchronicity took over? Right. <laughs> I was really interested in a shamanic work. I was a raver and uh, organized um, full moon, you know, gatherings deep in the mountains where we celebrated and danced together. And slowly that transformed into the festival culture where me and a number of friends, including CJ James and NASCO Ripple and Noah Pred, we went to a lot of festivals and started to create conferences within the festival, kind of bring an educational element Uh, particularly Boom Festival in Portugal, but a a bunch on the West Coast of Canada too. And getting together with like-minded people in these ecstatic contexts, you know, and starting to explore alternative ideas, it, it just continued to grow this feeling that we can work together and we can have a positive effect and that we can, we'll be empowered by our numbers, you know, and by coming together in community and in teams of people to address some of these pressing planetary problems. I was a gardener and there's a really conventional way of doing things. And sometimes when you work closely with nature, you know, plant medicines or um, inner work and you kind of get out of the perspective of just normalizing everything, there's this feeling like, wow, that's actually not a super regenerative, effective, sustainable way of doing things. So as a gardener, you know, 
cutting lawns and using poisons and using artificial fertilizers, it really hit me. And I that hey, there's another way to do it that's more caring. And so I kind of got carried forward through my influences in the culture and getting together with people in this really alternative context to explore how we wanted to design our lives. And that's awesome. And was there a blueprint that you, you know, had ahead of time? Did you seek the perfect blueprint? What was that? What was that like? One of the ways that I've, well, when I was growing up, I thought, I love being a student. Maybe I could be a professional student. What does that look like? And I started to tell people in my early 20s when they said, what do you do? Saying, well, I'm a professional student. And I was trying to figure out what that really meant and how I could use that mode of being to serve. So as I began to study with these permaculture teachers, it was so exciting. And it struck so deep to my heart that some of these teachings, most of which were passed on through countless generations, were important to share and to synthesize. And I noted that even though we're in a pretty modern era, a lot of these teachings seemed oral tradition. They seem to be passed down directly from teachers to students. And that there's a lot of books out there and you get a lot of books on permaculture, but a lot of the transmission happened from these 72 hour permaculture design certificate courses, which is sort of a meta program that you go through and it initiates you into the world of permaculture and kind of sets you on your path. So I started to teach these 72 hour courses. And as I took more of them from permaculture elders, you know, I was always a, a gamer, played Dungeons and Dragons, and I was a collector. I really started to take really good notes and collect the notes and synthesize them and work on developing what you might call the core curriculum of permaculture or a core curriculum of permaculture. And over the years, I turned into worksheets and then a book, and I kept sharing the book with all these different teachers as I took courses all over the world. And I continue to take notes and update this uh, book. So there was a motivation to, to master the notes and share them with everyone else and create a new way of sharing permaculture so that it wasn't just you, that you have to fly in and take a 72-hour course or it wasn't a certain type of textbook that goes into a lot of detail. It's almost like a workbook of notes, like what the st student in the class would take and give you. Almost like in Canada, we have Cole's notes. Oh, okay. It has a different name in the U.S., but it's sort of like instead of reading Hamlet, you get your... Cliff's notes in, Cliff's in the U.S., notes. yeah. <laughs> so I was motivated to create this Cliff's notes for permaculture to support students and support teachers. And I felt like, wow, part of what I can do is synthesize and share this in a way that some of the permaculture pioneers who aren't online as much or aren't sharing information in the same way that are mostly in this transmission model where they do in-person courses at eco-villages, um, that I could support that teaching to, to move forward into this more media world. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, personally, I think you're hitting it out of the park. Um, what, uh, you had several mentors, uh, I know, and one of them was Toby Hemingway. Am I correct? Yeah. And how did that happen? What, what, what transpired there? 
Hobie Hemingway was a very powerful teacher for me. He was very moving. In fact, let me just share a quote so people can get a context for this man because I have collected quotes. That's one of the things I've done. It's not just the information about permaculture. It's quotes from teachers. And, and Toby said, do what you love and brings you alive first. Find a place where your innate abilities are needed. My own personal prayer for this, send me people I can help. Then apply permaculture's ethics and principles into what you are doing to shape it into something resilient and regenerative. The future of permaculture is not to be called permaculture anymore, just to be called the way we do things. Mm. So he was amazing. He was a um, biologist studying cancer. He was a scientist and he came to permaculture also through a calling from nature to help uh, do his part. And he took his scientific background and his ability to articulate things really clearly and accessibly to everybody into the world of permaculture and wrote Gaia's Garden, which for a long time was the best-selling permaculture book, even beyond the textbooks that the other permaculture pioneers had released. So I gravitated towards him. He was very charismatic and studied with him in, in Portland and brought him out to Vancouver and just journeyed with him over many years until we came together in Petaluma, California for the last weekend of his final PDC course. Um, and soon after that, he passed from cancer. And I, I think about him often with such love in my heart. But taking his permaculture design certificate and a number of courses over the years was very formative in developing this set of notes, which also has turned into a set of cards. So he kind of took me under his wing and helped to ground me in a little bit and use really clear and accessible language and, and keep to the science. And he really wanted to make sure that everything was informed by this ever-changing science and that it was ac as accurate as it could be at the time. Absolutely. Gosh, how, how fortunate to be able to share that space and time with Toby. Gosh, it's wonderful. Uh, you know, you'd said earlier, backtrack a little bit here, sorry, but talking about gardening, right. And uh, doing that. Why is it that something that seems so instinctual if we think about it from a standpoint of being a being in its environment, trying to sustain its own life through food and everything else, just why is it so far removed from modern curriculum that children aren't taught how to grow vegetables or food? Yeah, that's a question about the the education system. And I'm always interested to explore learning. I'm going to teach a permaculture design certificate this summer. It'll be the first in-person class I've taught in a couple of years up in Prince Rupert in Northern British Columbia. It's a totally accredited uh, program. So anyone in Canada that's in the college or university system can take it for university credit. That's great. So, you know, and I was influenced by Waldorf and, you know, Montessori and, um, course for the forest school movement that's emerging so 
in many ways, although it might still be at the edges, you know, there is increasing amounts of not only basic life skills that include gardening and growing food, but also a permaculture informed, informed approaches to that in the school systems at different levels. Now, mm. I didn't get gardening in high school uh, or in university. And part of that, I suppose, was the choices I made. But I think that there's been an importance on services and business in the education system and people are really primed to get jobs and i mean the green the world of the green future is kind of the biggest growing job market on the planet and certainly integrating to the new world of work successfully can be supported by some kind of sustainability training and some basic skills but uh, yeah, I don't really know how it actually slipped out because I assume in all cultures for millennia, hundreds, thousands of generations that gardening and harvesting and providing your own food and knowing the names of the birds that are flying around you and you know understanding the, the functions and having direct relationship with the things that are immediately around you would be like the first level of education and at the core of all education. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And that's, it's how I feel. I was fortunate to, you know, I, my parents taught my brother and I how to garden. And, you know, I grew up with gardens. I grew up with living in harmony with the insects, you know, why we planted certain things next to other things, you know, and it was just, you know, I was very fortunate uh, and privileged in that sense to have that. Um, so I'm grateful for it. I love that you're doing this with, with the cards. Now, could you walk through the cards and how those kind of work with the dissemination of the information about permaculture? Yeah, one of the toolkits in the greater permaculture toolkit is called principles. And these principles are guidelines, things that you can explore in your decision-making process to help guide you. They're not prescriptive, but they give you an idea of how to move forward. Um, for example, one from Michael Becker, this middle school teacher in Hood River that really influenced me a lot. And this is just from, I'm sure it's from traditional cultures all along the way is feed what you want to grow. So you can really think about, okay, I'm making a decision about the next level of my life or my business or how I'm going to do a specific project. And it can be framed in this creative way by what nature does. Everything is alive in nature, everything on our planet, because uh, it's been fed. It's been given the conditions in which it can live. Otherwise, it wouldn't be here. And so in our own lives, if we want to create more caring lives or we want to have a more effective relationships with each other, or we really want our business to be successful. And we can look at this principle and think, what are the things that I need to do in order to feed the growth of what I'm trying to create in the world, what I'm trying to design. So the cards share these different principles that I've been collecting from different permaculture pioneers. And there's ethical principles that have to do with being caring, which are great foundational support. 
There's attitudinal principles that are really about perspectives and how you're thinking about the decision-making process. Mm. There's strategic principles that focus on an approach to taking action out in the world. There's design principles, and those are the ones most direct from nature. They're often ecological that have to do with specifically how nature is designed, like gleaned from the design of nature that inform our relationship to ecological systems, but you can apply them in different creative ways outside of the ecosystem. And then there's a bunch of processes and frameworks that are different step-by-step, step-by-step process you can go through in your decision-making process. Like we might say, after this call, say, well, what was a rose of the call? What went really well? And think, okay, maybe in future podcasts, we'll do that again. What was a thorn? You know, what didn't go so well? Maybe when we do this again, we'll create a design so that that doesn't happen. And then those come together into buds for the next podcast. Like, okay, we learned from successes and challenges and our design evolves. So that's a tool, Roses, Thorns, and Buds. It's a process that you can go through yourself or with other people. And that's really the art of design is using these principles and using these tools and frameworks so that your decision-making process is really informed by uh, holistic methods. And you're not just making a decision out of the blue through your own process or just through a discussion with someone else. You're actually bringing in um, nature essentially to work with you and to guide you into getting out of your own way and getting out of the box and just making decisions in a more informed way and I ultimately a more effective way so that they work better and you're successful in reaching your goals. Um, one of my teachers, Luby McNamara says design is essentially a process of manifestation. It's like manifestation through design and action. So it, it really is a path to the miraculous in many ways, but it's creating that. Where do you want to go? Where are you now? What are the tangible stepping stones between here and there and articulating that so that you can be a little more guided on your journey? I love that. I, and you touch upon some, so many different things, you know, getting out of our own way, how often we're just so caught up in all the external distractions that we forget about the patterns and the design, you know, and understanding that if we have a better knowledge of design language, right. Or pattern, you know, pattern literacy, if you will, to be able to see these things and implement them in our lives. And I, I love how you said it was just, I love that. Some of these are tools that I feel like we don't apply in our daily lives. So what, what got you to see it as these can be tools that not only you could use, but you could share with others. That's an interesting question for sure. It feels like part of caring is sharing. And there was this impulse. A lot of the teacher trainings also say the best way to learn is to teach. And the process of creating these materials, particularly the book, and the cards to 
condense the most important teachings into an essentialized form. That was kind of a design process. Mm. And through the process of doing that, I really learned a lot. So I was driven by a feeling like Toby Hemingway says, I was really driven by this feeling of how can I serve Mm. on my journey? What are my gifts? What do I have to share? And it struck me immediately through my early work that I do have my own things to share. However, in, I can also be part of the larger sharings where I'm helping people that are different from myself, greater than myself, elders who spent their lives, you know, working in momentous ways to help people and the planet and help them to share. And that that was kind of my role was to help other people to share. And through that process, I would evolve and find more of unique things for myself to share. That's, that's wonderful. I love that. I mean, it goes back to that adage, you know, caring is sharing, sharing is caring, you know, <laughs> it's just a wonderful thing to really just break it down to that simple, beautiful part of love. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yeah. What's been happening recently, obviously, with having those two years for all of us, that's been a little bit different, a little bit more out of what we were used to. Have you found yourself maybe leaning a little bit more on what you've learned in permaculture and been teaching with permaculture to navigate through these past few years? It's really been an interesting time. And there's been an edge of permaculture that overflows into more of the prepper movement which mm. is a real emphasis on self-reliance and skilling up and getting the practical skills to fulfill our own needs, even just as a redundancy in case are the primary sources of our food or water or, you know, healthcare, or any of that stuff is, is limited or blocked. And I think that part of the permaculture community felt like, Oh, this is what we've been, <laughs> This is what's been on our right. world is ending signs this whole time. And this is what we've been telling people the whole time is that right. we need to be able to be resilient as communities. And I think permaculture is really strong in that point. It's not so much about as individuals being able to provide for all your own needs. It's more about being able to provide for the needs locally. Um, Bill Malson often said bioregionally mm. and bioregionalism was an important part of early permaculture. So it's like anywhere, you know, within transport distance, maybe it's horse distance or sure. driving distance, but um, thinking about how can I provide for my own needs for the goods and services I use in a way that cares for the earth and cares for people. Yeah. And it's kind of a call to arms for people to, to find their own way to contribute to the community and offer a good or service ethically to people in the community and also support other people who are doing the same. And in that way, kind of come together with others and create this caring culture, which is the permaculture uh, that has always been the goal of Heartful Humans, you know, to create this environment where we're taking care of each other and the earth and the earth's taking care of us and other people are taking care of us. And it's like, if we're all caring for each other, then everyone becomes really healthy. And that's sort of the ideal goal of permaculture. Yeah. Why do you think it's so challenging for individuals? You know, like we can, 
maybe we can get sick and we know we have to treat the illness. And then, but we're, sometimes we're forgetting that we have to take care of the whole body, right? We have to eat well, we have to exercise, get sunlight, but we don't think about that and how it relates to our environment. Um, what are some things that you think we can do to try and open hearts and minds to create more understanding and compassion and empathy to our environment and how it affects us and our neighbors? That's a good question. Let me throw in another quote from David Holmgren, who's the co-originator of permaculture with Bill Mollison. He said, the most important application of permaculture ethics and principles is to the self. Through a process of self-audit of our needs, wants, dependencies, creative and productive outputs, and the byproducts of our very existence. Getting grounded in this way is the start of a personal retrofit or redesign process. So it really starts there in a small ways. I think that we're in a transition and it really starts with caring for ourselves and trying to take out any kind of judgment of ourselves initially. Certainly schooling the roommate on recycling more is probably <laughs> not going to be an effective method either. And the more we can take out that judgment and pressure and accept that we're totally part of an unsustainable system, then we can find ways that are comfortable and you know, accessible and affordable by us in whatever the context of our life situation is and start to do that and find that in other people, you know, walk past the, you know, the lack of recycling bin and find the thing that the other person is doing. That's good because everyone's doing good and focus on that. Great. You're eating a little bit more of your own food locally. You're buying eggs from down the street or whatever it is, find that goodness and affirm it and let go of the schooling and the focus on judgment and like what you're not doing right and focus on what you're doing right. I think it was Maya Angela that said, good done anywhere is good done everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's really about uplifting and supporting ourselves and each other to do good in small ways stepping stones and over our lives as we evolve we may find more opportunities more opportunities to do good yeah i definitely believe in that you know just rewarding that you know even just acknowledgement of that positive action in somebody rather than focusing on maybe what somebody might not be doing properly um because you know to err is human and yeah absolutely i mean permaculture came out of the ferment of the 60s and the power of the movements to change the world that were very much movements of action. And the philosophy of permaculture as it poured into the 70s and early 80s was really about modeling. It's like that Buckminster Fuller thing about, you know, don't fight the old system, just create a new system that works better. And there's this idea to model positive behaviors and have people come and say, wow, you know, your gardens look great. What are you doing in there? As opposed to preaching, it's like more practicing. Mm. Yeah. It, 
and that's what it feels like, you know, just works in general. Like I, I know as an individual, I can respond well when I see someone leading by example, because I see what they're doing. I see the positive impact they're making, maybe how happy they are, the energy they might have. Those are the things that inspire people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really it. It's what is education coming back to that? It's education is being transformed by experiencing something that works really well, as opposed to just being told about it, you know? And so everyone kind of has to come to permaculture themselves in that way and have a direct experience and come to their own conclusions about what are ways that they can do good in the context of their life. Love that. Where do you see six months from now? What's your goal? What do you, what do you feel like you want for yourself and for what you're doing? The future. The future is pretty mysterious mm-hmm. right now. Let me toss in another quote. Cause I love the quotes. All right. I'll see what comes out of my mind. My teacher, Bill Mollison in Tasmania, he said, when we design, we are always building for future floods future fires, future droughts, and planting a tree a few inches tall that will be future forest giants. Future populations will need future soils and forest resources, shelter and security. So somebody needs to range ahead in time, scout out the next century. We are not daydreaming we are time scouts. Mm. So a lot of it's about our impact into the future and the legacy that we leave behind us is really in the future. It's like, what is the kind of future that we want to leave? So I, I would love to create a future together with other people that is caring that involves the restoration of natural ecosystems so that nature can do what it does best, which is cleanse and purify the air, stabilize the climate, create soil, um, cleanse and cycle water, create food and habitat for all life and essentially create the conditions for a healthy, harmonious homeworld. That's really the driving function of the nature that we're a part of. So for me personally, I'm at a turning point in my journey. I've been doing this ministerial training for the last three years, and I've started to work remotely and think about teaching again because it's been years. So I'm feeling in the next six months that I want to travel to the land of my ancestors in the UK and visit some of the older Neolithic sacred sites, the pre-pyramid stone circles and cairns, you know, up in Orkney and in the Hebrides, and then wind myself, wind my way with my wife, Grace, back to coastal British Columbia and set up a permaculture, tiny home homestead Mm. where we're able to live the permaculture lifestyle in a more holistic way, ideally retaining this remote work with COSM, with other organizations and begin to teach in person again, because I am opening myself up more to online, but the experiences I've had teaching permaculture in the context of a working permaculture system 
on a permaculture homestead or farm where regenerative methods, you know, off-grid technology are all being, you know, demonstrated as these abundant, you know, low footprint, easy to create and maintain systems that can really guide us towards a future that is based on regenerative resources of caring rather than these degenerative resources that are harming the ecosystem. So it may be a long road, but part of my next level is going to be having the permaculture demonstration site that I live on, which I've always been a renter and I've always been creating these gardens and, and systems and then leaving them. So creating a little bit more stability of purpose, and then I can travel and teach and interact, but also have a little place where the next time that I'm locked down <laughs> for three months or, or one year or two years or whatever, that, um, I'm also feeling comfortable and safe and healthy and able to continue on my journey. And it's not like a huge pattern disruption where I'm stressed or worrying about like, where's this going to come to? Cause I'll have, you know, at least in a modest way of food and water and a safe house to be in. So that's really what I'm hoping to do. The new permaculture design deck, which is a 230 card deck. I'm, just about to send a print and in about six months, it should be starting to be shared out in the world. And I share it as a free download, but we also make a limited edition printed deck. So that's been a big focus as well for me is each of these, the book and the cards, it's like every year or two, they get upgraded and redesigned and re-released. So they're part of an ongoing design. They're not static. And that's really what a lot of the permaculture teachers encourage is like new science, new information, do small editions and constantly update. So that a new edition of the book, which will be an online with that's been updated. And then this new edition of the cards will be my larger offering over the next six months to, to help share. And it's not just me, they're collaborations with tons of teachers and peers and students and mentors. There's a huge amount of people involved in some ways, it's like my role to play is the smallest of anyone. I'm really just collecting the pieces, putting them together, working with designers to help them to look nice and sharing them out in the world. But they're like these huge collaborations that not only are, include teachers from different spaces on the world, but are also collaborations with people through time, like Toby Hemingway, whose teachings are continued to be expressed like through these mediums. I love that. What a beautiful sentiment you know, to carry that, you know, that legacy of Toby and, and for more people to read, for more people to learn and absorb. Ah, I love that. What would you say are some, someone was interested in the permaculture ideologies and getting into permaculture as a whole, what would be some, maybe some tips or some things that you would maybe encourage folks to get involved with at the beginning? Of their journey. I really like movies and we can share some links in the show notes. That's been a way that has really inspired me to explore the different possibilities. Mm. Part of what the permaculture design certificate course is, is a type of initiation into all the aspects of society and what the sustainable green regenerative options are for that. 
So it's kind of, I think, what college is supposed to be, this way in which you're exposed to tons of different stuff. And then you find the area that you're most passionate about. Mm. So I like the idea of being exposed on a more pattern level to tons of different permaculture and just seeing what interests you. Is it community currencies and permanomics? Is it aid work with refugees? Is it food security in your local community or uh, governance models that can help the community association to be more effective? Whatever it is, um, you can find that by doing a bit of an adventure. And I, I think the movies are great for that because they condense it into, you know, they take you on a journey and condense into these small uh, moments and it's very visual. But of course, the immediate answer to that is to take permaculture into the context of where you are right now. Do you want, you know, how can you use design to upgrade your life? Do you want your business to be more effective? Do you want your relationship to be more effective? Do you want to become healthier? Whatever it is that you're already doing, you can do it better. And you can do it better by being a more intentional designer and maybe even a co-designer with nature and letting the lessons of nature inform your design process. And just by putting that intention in, it's like a process of manifestation. You can manifest your own next level by learning how to design more effectively. And you can get support from other people or from books or classes. There's tons of stuff online. You can also figure it out yourself. It's really just a matter of creating that time to say, Tuesday afternoon next week, we're going to sit down and have an integral discussion about what are all the things we've learned about this podcast? How can we do it better? What were the lessons that we can take forward and what are our larger goals and what are the steps that we can take between now and those larger goals down the road just being in that creative process of really putting intention in um, will unlock the next level i think that's great so yeah we'll have to definitely share some of those movies um you know off the rip can you think of any off the top of your head yeah, a couple of permaculture movies I'd love to recommend. There's the the Need to Grow, which was put out a couple of years uh, out of L.A. One of my teachers, Larry Santoyo. Jeff Lawton has a great movie just called Permaculture, which is really informative. The Growing Edge that Starhawk put together, who's a teacher from California, is a really great resource as well. And I'll share more, but awesome. yeah, those are a few Love that it. I really think are well-made and give you a really holistic perspective on permaculture. That's great. So where can folks find you on the internet? Thank you. I run the Visionary Permaculture Program at Cosm. The website's www.visionarypermaculture.com. And I also, as a practice, do a daily post on Instagram, which is visionary underscore permaculture. My personal permaculture website is permaculturedesign.earth. And between those two, there's a lot of, all my tools are free downloads, tons of short movies, longer movies, articles, podcasts, uh, games, cards, tons of resources that you can access and breadcrumbs out 
to all these other teachers, which is part of my sharing is like, here's something great from Toby Hemingway. Look him up, go to patternliteracy.com or tobyhemingway.com and check out some of his works. So you can kind of follow the breadcrumbs through these websites. I love that. I can align with that. You know, I feel the same way with anything that I'm doing, whether it's through the podcast, through music, it's all about those breadcrumbs because it's check this out. You like this? Hey, you might like this. Well, this is where this came from. And it's just, just so wonderful to be able to share that kind of information, that knowledge, and that that energy really is what it comes down to. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job here with this. And I'm the diploma program coordinator for the Permaculture Institute in the US, which is permaculture.org. And I'm also a diploma tutor through the Permaculture Association of the UK, which is permaculture.org.uk. And both of these institutes have so many opportunities to continue your learning journey. You know, as we started the conversation, I'm all about lifelong learning and I'm still taking classes actively and pursuing education. That's really my recommendation is to find what interests you and in a casual slash formal way, you know, pursue it, read books, watch movies, take classes, become better, like be in that active process of, of skilling up and sharpening your sword in whatever way makes the most practical and passionate in a sense to you. Absolutely. And if you had to give somebody some book recommendations, obviously your own, but if you had another one that you could suggest, what would that be? <laughs> Besides Gaia's Garden with Toby Hemingway, which is absolutely great. Uh, one of my beloved teachers is Rosemary Morrow. She does a lot of work in Afghanistan and Ethiopia and, you know, refugee work and aid work in the places that are the most devastated by war and ecological disaster and social turmoil. And her book is great. It's called Earth User's Guide to Permaculture, which is just a wonderful introduction and a more advanced book from her that's also amazing that is published by the Quakers is uh, An Uncertain and Demanding Adventure. It's about her journeys with permaculture so yeah toby hemingway rosemary morrow would get my top picks for books that's great and what do you have do you have anything coming up soon uh any events anything that's coming up where folks can uh maybe tune in or what you got the next thing i'm doing i mentioned earlier Prince Rupert, you want to do the full permaculture design certificate with me and a professor at the university there. It's a field school. We'll be getting on a bus and touring to a bunch of different farms in the middle of British Columbia. I mean, this is out there. Prince Rupert is the end of the road north. So it is it is a frontier territory and a really exciting and transformative place to check out. So that's happening. I'm also going to be offering a permaculture design certificate that's spread out over many months on Salt Spring Island. So that's harder to travel in for, but those are two in-person opportunities. And I have a newsletter and you can sign up on either of the websites and I share opportunities for all these free opportunities to learn online and interact and design together that come up. There isn't anything scheduled right now. But uh, there's a few ways to interact. And uh, my email is delvin at permaculture.org. 
And uh, my COSM email is delvin at COSM.org if you're specifically interested in the, the Visionary Permaculture Program in New York. So feel free to check out the websites, reach out, get on the update list, and I will share as many resources as I can. I love it. Delvin, thank you so much for doing this today. It really means the world to me that you shared your, your time, your energy, and, and your passion with us. Thank you so much. I'm really touched and honored to be invited to share something about permaculture. And I guess, as Yoda says, always in motion is the future. So yes. much love to everyone out there and your journey into the future. And may your good works uh, continue to grow and care for everything around you. And there you have it. I cannot thank Delvin enough for his time, his space, but more importantly, for what he's doing for this world. You are truly a light in this world, Delvin. Thank you. Delvin gave us some great movie recommendations like The Need to Grow by Larry Santoyo, Jeff Lawton's Permaculture, as well as The Growing Edge. We also heard about the upcoming updated Permaculture Design Deck for 2022. That creative deck that shares a collection of permaculture principles, strategies, and ethics, and all those design methods. It's gonna be over 230 cards to support your permaculture practice, learning, teaching, and designing. It kind of doubles as a game as well. And be sure to find Delvin's book, Permaculture Design Notes, and you can find that on permaculturedesign.earth. One of the things that people might not know is that Delvin entirely volunteers to produce this work the book, the cards. He offers these as free downloads as well online and implores everyone to keep learning. So thank you, Delvin. You can find out about the great work that Delvin is doing at the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors at visionarypermaculture.com. You can also find him on Instagram at visionary underscore permaculture. Thank you all so much for joining us on this journey. If you'd like to join us even further, you can join our inner sanctum on our Patreon page. We've got bonus material and exclusives there. So, until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself. <laughs>